2: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
3: The Hendrick Motorsports driver, William Byron, makes his way on the short stretch. Approaching the left-hand turn six, he's two turns away from the checkered flag. Here he comes through the turn six, nice even line looking very solid, about a 20-car length lead.
1: Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, AJ Almendinger, and Ty it He's got to get up off of turn number seven. He does that flawlessly. Checkered flag in the air. William Byron wins the go bowling at the Glen. William Byron picks up his fifth win of the 2023 season.
4: Yeah, man, it was uh, it was awesome. It was a uh, great valvuline Chevy. Um, was able to do what I needed to, to do there to, to build a little bit of a gap and just thanks to this whole team, It's um, it's uh it's, it's been a fun weekend. You know, we've, we've had a great car all weekend and uh just trying to execute a good race and road courses haven't been our strength as a group but um we've been working really hard on it so just uh just really thankful for for the whole group and feel like uh this sets us up well for the for the playoffs
2: nascar live is brought to you by toyota for the latest toyota racing information visit Toyota Racing.com from the mrn studios in concord north carolina here is your host mike bagley
5: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew. We hope you are because we are ready to get down to the nitty-gritty of the regular season for the NASCAR Cup Series. We are headed off to Daytona International Speedway for the final race of the regular season. Coming up Saturday night under the lights in the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Eric Almirola is going to join us on the show today. He's one of many drivers that if he wins Saturday night, he can get in to the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. We're also going to relive a wild regular season finale from one year ago at Daytona. Last season, Austin Dillon clinched a playoff berth by winning the Coke Zero Sugar 400. He'll attempt to do the same this weekend. He, too, will join us and talk about those chances that he has to go back to the playoffs for the second straight year. With a trip to the playoffs on the line, we'll do a deep dive on this weekend's regular season finale at Daytona. Plus, we'll be joined by Wisconsin native Ty Majeski. Ty sat down with our Chris Wilner as the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series made. Makes its return to Ty's home state and the Milwaukee Mile on Sunday. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with a check of the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle.
6: Mike, last week, Austin Hill announced that he'll be back at Richard Childress Racing next season. Hill linked a multi-year deal that will have him competing in the NASCAR Xfinity Series for at least one more year. Hill will also be pulling double duty this weekend, driving in the NASCAR Cup Series for Beard Motorsports. And he's not alone. Josh Berry will drive the number 42 for Legacy Motor Club. Chandler Smith will pilot the number 13 for Colleg Racing. And Riley Herbst will be in the number 36 for Front Row Motorsports. Jordan Anderson Racing will run a special tribute Friday night during the Xfinity Series action in Daytona. Jeb Burton will be behind the wheel of the number 22 car with a paint scheme that honors his father, Ward, who won the 2002 Daytona 500. With the swap, Jordan Anderson will now drive the number 27 car. And Netflix will air a five-episode series on the 2023 NASCAR playoffs in early 2024. Each episode will be 45 minutes long with production being done by nascar studios in WordPlus pictures mike
5: thank you kyle coming up we catch up with eric Almarola to discuss what might be on his horizon past the end of this racing season and how he like many others will attempt to punch his ticket into the 2023 nascar cup series playoffs saturday night in daytona
7: your hand stopping prepare craftsman in your hand that get your net on craftsman in your hand the from outdoor care to home and auto repair do it with Craftsman. find the tools equipment and storage you need at your local lowes ace hardware or craftsman.com
8: this is nascar live now back to mike bagley Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's been a struggle of a season for Eric
5: Almarola, that number 10 team over at Stuart Haas Racing. But this weekend, he returns to a track where he's won at in both NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series competition. Our Dave Moody caught up with Eric to discuss his season as a whole and how this weekend could change everything.
0: Well, a quick look back to start things out. Uh, 30th place finish at Watkins Glen. Not a fun day at the races, was it?
9: <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, and as is usually the case, the the finish doesn't tell the whole story. But yeah, it was a, it was a tough tough weekend. Uh, we struggled right off the truck to get the balance of our car where we needed it to. Um, struggled for speed as an organization. Uh, we we're just off. We missed it in qualifying. And I mean, as you see with these road course races going green and, and not getting cautions and not getting an opportunity to do anything strategy wise. It's really hard to just drive through the field. So um, starting in the back and not having any cautions proved to be uh, really, really challenging to make any progress through the field. We had an okay car. I thought we were decent at times, um, but we struggled for track position. And then late in the race with about 15 laps to go, we had a a left front upper suspension piece break. Uh, So we kind of limped it home to a 30th place finish
0: well so the task at hand is pretty clear now uh it's do or die time you go to daytona meeting to win or else i guess in some ways that simplifies life a little bit doesn't it
9: yeah it does you know we, we know exactly what we have to go and do at daytona we don't we're not we're not in one of those situations to where you're biting your nails and trying to score a stage point here or there and um you know trying to not wreck so that you can um, you know, point your way in or whatever. Like that, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is put ourselves in a position to win, whatever it takes, right? Um, you know, at, at all cost. Nothing else matters other than winning. And so, yeah, we we know exactly the task.
1: Coming back to the start finish line, cars spinning behind them, checkered flag in the air, and Eric Almarola will win Blue Green Vacations Duel Number One.
0: Going in, having to win. Um, you know how to do that. You've done it in the past. Is there a is there a formula of some kind that that you can use that has made you successful at Daytona over the years?
9: Well, the first thing you have to do is have a fast race car. You cannot you can't win any of these races without a fast race car. And and we have been able to do that over the years here at Stewart Haas Racing, and uh, specifically the last couple of years with this next gen car. We have had really, really fast speedway cars. I think I've led laps in every single speedway race uh, that we've had with this next gen cars. So um, I have a lot of confidence that we will have a really fast car. We'll have a shot at the pole. Um, we'll we'll start up front. We'll run up front. We'll do all the things you need to do to put yourself in position and in contention to win. There's just that one element that's really hard to figure out and it's called luck. You got to have things go your way. Right. You've got if there's a big wreck and you're you're near it or in it, you've got to be able to escape unscathed. Right. You've got to you've got to um, you've gotta have things go your way throughout the course of that race. And unfortunately, you just can't control everything. And so the things we can control, I know we will be good at and we will have a potential chance to win that race. Um, and we've been able to do it in the past. We've won the duel at Daytona the last couple of years. Um, so we know how to get to victory lane. And uh, yeah, Saturday night is uh, it's going to be time to, to get it done.
0: Is it too much to say that at a certain point, all you can do is resort to prayer with five laps or so to go and, and just see what happens?
9: Well, I've, I've certainly uh, done a lot of praying. Uh, in in years past at Daytona and and Talladega. And sometimes God listens and sometimes he doesn't. But most of my prayers are pretty selfish. Um, Just, you know, A, make sure I stay safe uh, because it can get pretty hairy and wild and intense. uh, But B, like, come on, man, like, let me win this one. And he hasn't really listened to any of those requests uh, as as of late. So hopefully uh, I've got enough stored up. Um, credits in the bank with uh, not being fulfilled with with those prayers that maybe i'll get one answered this this weekend
0: let's talk a little bit about that selfishness uh, obviously you'd love for all the ford guys to just line up on your back bumper and shove you onto victory lane but there are a number of other ford guys in the exact same situation as you is there any sort of a plan or is it just you know see who your friends are and who's in the neighborhood when it comes down to it
9: Yeah, I think a lot of it happens organically throughout the race. Um, You go into it with a plan, and and you certainly need to work together with your teammates and and your other manufacturer teammates to put yourself in contention. Like, if everybody just goes every man for themselves, you will quickly find out that you are at a major disadvantage to the the Chevrolets and the Toyotas if you choose not to work together, Uh, because they will, and they've proved it. Over the years, that they have, um, you know, stuck together, worked together, they pit together, they do all the right things. So, as a as an organization at Haas Racing and uh, as Ford teammates, we have to work together to make sure that we are up front and that we are in contention. But when it comes down to the end. It, it will be every man for themselves, no doubt. There will be a lot of different agendas. There's going to be some drivers that have to win uh, to get into the playoffs. There's going to be some drivers that uh, can move up or down a few spots in the points uh, that it matters to them uh, as far as bonus points in the playoffs. So there's a lot of different agendas and different things going on throughout the course of the race, and everybody will be selfish when it comes time to it.
0: So if you're second in line and the guy in front of you also needs a win to advance, he's kind of on his own coming off turn four then, right?
9: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, certainly. I, I, I owe it to, to my race team. I owe it to my partners. I owe it to myself. I owe it to my, my fans, my friends, my family, to everybody, right? Like that puts so much hard work and so much effort into the 10 team specifically um, to go and try and win that race. Um, you know you, like I said already, you've got to work smart throughout the course of the race to make sure you're in position. You can't win the race if you're out of position. Uh, so you have to you have to work really hard and really smart to make sure you're in position. But then once you're in position, it's up to you to go make it happen at the end.
0: I'll apologize in advance for the final question. You, you know it's coming. You've got asked every hour on the hour for a number of yep. weeks now, but is there anything you could tell us about your 2024 plan?
9: Yeah, I'm not going to break any news to you today, uh, Moody. Yeah, I think right. for me, for me and, and this is the truth, and, and I've talked about this with my race team, um, and I've talked about it with other reporters that have asked, there is nothing more important to me right now than going to Daytona and winning. Um, I I literally don't care about anything else. Like That is the only thing that matters to me. What happens in 2024 is not that important right now. What's important is going to Daytona and winning. So we're focused on that and uh, hopefully uh, the good Lord uh, will will allow that to happen and uh, if that's the case, then I'll be talking to you about uh, a playoff run and hopefully uh, having an opportunity to go race for a championship.
5: Thank you, Dave. Coming up, We take a brief trip down memory lane and relive a wild regular season finale at Daytona one year ago.
2: Wheeland Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting,
8: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Before we go hammer
5: down and full speed ahead into Daytona this weekend, let's flash back to one year ago, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 and the regular season finale was one to remember. In a
10: 2022 season defined by 15 different winners, thanks in part to the introduction of the next-gen race car, the 2022 Coke Zero Sugar 400 was one of the most anticipated NASCAR Cup Series regular season finales in recent memory. Much of the drama leading up to the Saturday evening showcase surrounded the battle between Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Blaney. As the specter of a 16th winner loomed, Blaney entered with a significant 25-point lead for the final playoff transfer spot. But before the weekend began, Kurt Busch, who had qualified for the playoffs by way of his victory at Kansas earlier that season, announced that he would be forfeiting his spot due to his continued recovery from the effects of a concussion. Busch's omission meant that both Blaney and Truex would advance to the playoff field of 16 as long as none of the qualifying drivers below them in the standings won. Unfortunately, the past of the World Center of Racing would have to take a back seat to the late August weather in Daytona as the Saturday night green flag would be delayed until Sunday morning. Crowd
7: on their feet here in Daytona. The regular season finale. Two spots remain in the playoff grid. 400 miles the distance as the field now comes down to the line. The green flag is in the air and we are racing in Daytona. The Coke Zero Sugar 400 is underway.
10: A short day is always a possibility at Daytona. For Blaney and Truex, avoiding a potential day-ending wreck was paramount. On lap 31, Blaney received an early scare.
5: Oh, Turn number two, Denny Hamlin gets turned to the inside. Christopher Bell up and into the outside wall. Ryan Blaney will slide down to the bottom of the racetrack. Multi-car crash coming out of turn number two. Triggered when Denny Hamlin got turned to the apron to the back straightaway.
7: Well, we just took a look at the number 12 of Ryan Blaney and the right front is torn up and it looks like the right front tire completely uh, torn apart there could be a broken upper a-arm a lower a-arm.
10: Fortunately for Blaney who was involved in an eight-car accident started by Eric Jones who got loose off turn two he would be able to continue on. The results of stage one and two were positive for Blaney and Truex as former race winners on the season Joey Logano and Kyle Busch took the green and white checkers earlier Blaney survived a scare in stage one in the final stage it would be Truex who would face his own mini crisis as he too suffered damage to his vehicle.
0: Logano will drop to the bottom he'll take the lead over McDowell and Reddick go. Oh! gets turned and he'll spin to the bottom of the racetrack he'll clip Corey LaJoy. martin truex jr
5: is in it william byron is in it so is ross chastain he'll get a
1: piece of it christopher busher as well as a half a dozen cars get collected off turn two and on to the back straightaway the tire on the 19 car martin truex is straight it's just got a flat front tire the body's ripped up i feel like they can get down pit road and get that taped up and get that taken care of But at least the chassis, the right front corner of the
10: 19 car, does not appear to be tore up. Like Blaney, Truex would be fine as he clung to his playoff hopes. At the racetrack, there's nothing worse than rain, but at the racetrack, sometimes there's nothing better than the threat of rain as a heightened sense of urgency hits every race team. On this early Sunday morning in Daytona, a dark cloud began to surround Daytona International Speedway. All involved knew that it was only a matter of time before the rain would fall. That rain came on lap 138 as cars sped into turn 1.
0: Hamlin on the outside. Oh, they're in the wall. Denny Hamlin to the fence. Oh, and the is coming apart. Everybody is involved. There is not one car that has made it through. First man finally through is the Austin Dillon machine creeping around the outside of the field now is Cody Ware. Other than that, just about everybody is in it in turns one and two.
10: And what followed was a downpour.
7: And all of a sudden, it has begun to rain here at Daytona. The fans begin to scatter after a
10: massive pileup in turn number one. Austin Dillon, who somehow was able to avoid the 13-car melee in turn one, found himself in the race lead as the red flag came out with 16 laps remaining. Dillon, a Daytona 500 champion, appeared to be headed to the playoffs as long as the race did not resume.
7: All right, NASCAR has brought the cars down pit road at the front of the field. Austin Dillon, he has scored as your race leader. He needs to win to get in.
10: But NASCAR was willing to wait out the storm. Dillon and the rest of the field would wait for three hours, 19 minutes, and 57 seconds before getting the word that the regular season finale would indeed be concluded back out on the track.
7: It was a three-hour, 19-minute weather delay, but we are back at it. At Daytona, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona is green yet again. On the
10: restart, Dylan would lose his near three-and-a-half-hour race lead to Austin Sindrick. One year earlier, Dylan entered the regular season finale at Daytona in a similar spot to Truex and Blaney. Dylan, along with Richard Childress Racing teammate Tyler Reddick, was vying for the final transfer spot. That evening, Dylan would come up short to Reddick, just missing out on the playoff field. Fast forward to a year later, Redick, already secured into the playoffs, would lend a huge assist, helping Dylan dispose of Cindric on lap 158. They're
0: running him down and they're doing it quickly, led by the Landon Castle machine. Oh, they got shuffled up at the front of the pack. Cindric gets moved out of the way. Austin Cindric gets away takes the lead. Austin
10: Dillon to the lead. From there, it became a two-lap sprint to the checkered flag and the playoffs for Dillon. Trying
1: to win to get into the playoffs. Here he comes up off turn four. Last-ditch effort from Austin Cindric. Can't do it. Checkered flag in the air. Austin
10: Dillon wins the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. Dillon's late run forced his way into the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs and broke the heart of Martin Truex Jr. as he missed out on the final transfer spot to Blaney. When Dylan needed a win more than ever, he delivered.
11: Oh man, um, we got ourselves in a good position and we were kind of a small pack there out front and I just knew I had to be patient and uh, it's so hard in that situation because if you get the white flag and someone wrecks you, you you won't win the race. So I saw an opportunity there with about three to go and I had two good Chevys behind me. I knew I had my teammate lurking. So uh, when he got behind me, I felt pretty confident and the move just had to run into three and Uh, Got in there, and he got a little loose, and uh, we were able to bring him the win.
5: Daytona always delivers in the thrill department. Hopefully, this year's event is no different. Coming up, Austin Dillon, who is also on the outside of the playoff picture. He'll join us and discuss whether or not he can recreate his success at Daytona from one year ago.
7: Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four times.
8: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR
5: Live. During his tenure in the NASCAR Cup Series, Austin Dillon has four wins to his name, two of which have come at Daytona International Speedway. This weekend, Austin has an opportunity to repeat history. Last year, the 33-year-old punched his ticket into the playoffs with a win on the two-and-a-half-mile oval. Our Chris Wilner caught up with the driver to discuss how he can repeat that success this weekend
6: you. Austin Dillon to the bottom of the racetrack at the front of the field off of turn number four but they're lined up side by side behind them it's Austin Dillon
3: Austin Dillon leads the pack off turn number four no one ever thought he would contend for the win but he's going to do it he's going to win the
12: 60th running of the Daytona 500. Austin Dillon a year ago you clinched a spot in the playoffs at Daytona in a win or go home situation Uh, now that we're just about a year since then what's it feeling like going back being a You know, a guy that did it last year at at such a special place. Well, I mean, you know, Daytona
11: is always fun adrenaline pumping prestigious so many words that can describe the place and i've loved it in my career it's been great for me i've had some wild rides there as well but uh, to win and get in last year was big you know it's an opportunity you got to choose a direction you want to go when you get there be aggressive or wait till the end and um, we just have to have a clear mind clear path on what we're going to do and just go have fun when you gotta when you have fun at daytona it seems to work out
12: you and kyle worked well a lot together at daytona already earlier this season so what's What's the combo now that you've had almost a full season together and knowing each other's tendencies, what you guys want to do on these kind of racetracks. So what's the confidence level going back, working with Kyle again here the second time around?
11: Well, I mean, I think it's pretty high. Uh, um, Kyle and I I look back at that Daytona this year, trying to get the 500 win and um, yeah, so close. So uh, hopefully we get that same opportunity. I think we've made our cars better since then. We had a lot of speed, but handling wasn't really there for us. Um, So should have best of both worlds um hoping to sit on the pole because that makes it a lot easier when you got a fast car and show the whole field that you're going to be out there getting it
12: I know when Kyle signed on to drive with RCR, you guys talked about what you can learn from each other. Now that we've kind of gone through half the season or two thirds of the season, what have you learned from Kyle? If not, maybe there's something he's learned from you over the course of this. That he's damn good. He's as advertised.
11: No, he's just a workhorse. Um, really good at um, giving good feedback to the guys, getting what he needs in the car. Um, so I'm trying to learn from that and, and be a little bit better at that. And you know, for us in the three team, you know, having the first year with Keith, um, we're learning each other, and I think we're getting better. As we go and getting a bit of rhythm, so um, later in the year it's been better. So we got a lot of races left to you know perfect that and bring home a trophy from, from our side at the garage at RCR.
12: Strategy is so different at Daytona as a driver, right? You, some want to be aggressive and be up front the whole time. Some want to lay back, maybe avoid some of the mess, and then be there to pounce at the end. So have you figured out what works best for you, what you guys like to do, or is it kind of a race-by-race race situation? Man, it's race-by-race. Race. You know, I, I think the, I do
11: know that whatever path I choose, if I stick to it, it's better than trying to switch it halfway, and that's what's worked for me the best. So i got to mentally prepare myself for whatever we choose to do and, and go with it.
12: Third groove at plate tracks or super speedways I guess has kind of been a topic of does it come in do guys commit to it where do you see it developing here as we go to Daytona Daytona in the summertime might be a little better for it Um, you know handling starts to
11: wear those tires a little bit more and uh, but you know lately it's been those bottom two grooves that really pull the line and trying to sneak middle when you can
12: and finally even though you've uh, you know had most of your cup success at Daytona is there another track that's on the schedule that you you know is kind of your favorite or, or is it Daytona and just how the special memories you've made there already in your career.
11: Daytona has got to be up there. Uh, A lot of memories made there, and it's a good place to win. Victory Lane's probably the best in the sport. All right. Appreciate it.
5: Thank you, Chris. Coming
11: up with a trip
5: to the playoffs on the line and only one race left in the regular season, we'll hear from numerous drivers as they discuss how they can punch their ticket into the postseason.
9: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
8: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
5: We continue on this week's NASCAR Live, and friends, it has all come down to this. Only one opportunity remains for NASCAR Cup Series drivers without a win to lock themselves into the 16-driver playoff field. What do drivers expect in this weekend's regular season finale? Our Kyle Ricky has
6: the story. While many traditionalists will argue that the summer race in Daytona belongs on July 4th weekend, the intrigue and drama created by moving the Coke Zero Sugar 400 to the final race of the regular season cannot be denied. This year marks the fourth year that the race has been the final chance for drivers who need to get a win to get into the playoffs, and year four might be the most intriguing we've seen yet. Heading into Saturday, 15 of the 16 playoff spots are secured. One is up for grabs. Bubba Wallace currently holds the final playoff spot, but there are 16 drivers who can take it from him via points or victory. The only two drivers that will have a chance of unseating Wallace via points are Ty Gibbs and Daniel Suarez. Gibbs needs to make up 32 points on Wallace, while Suarez only has an outside chance of pointing his way in, giving his 43-point deficit. Wallace's team owner, Denny Hamlin, is entering Daytona in a completely different position, looking to track down his teammate, Martin Truex Jr., in a race for the regular season championship. When it comes to Wallace, Hamlin says Bubba needs to race to win at Daytona while at the same time avoiding a catastrophic mistake that could erase his big points advantage
13: daytona is a race where you just kind of you budget for someone new winning and if they don't then you're ahead of budget (laughs) you know so you have to just plan on someone being there so from bubba's standpoint probably not realistic for him to jump up in points to the next guy so he probably sees that as he needs to win however you can't throw that away you know making a crazy mistake and then you know no one goes and wins daytona and then you've blown the points lead that you had over 17th so i think you still have to just race smart and if you get unlucky then you get unlucky wallace won't just
6: have his team owner to lean on this weekend as his teammate tyler reddick knows all too well the stress level that the driver on the bubble Fields.
13: Yeah, it'll be really crazy for sure. A lot of drivers that aren't locked in are capable of winning there. From from my side of things, you know, I'm I'm safe for the most part. You know, just try and win as many stages and races between here and there. For Bubba's point of view, you know, it's collect, continue to collect stage points, and um, they're doing their their part. They're getting safer and safer from that danger zone. Uh, but yeah, I've been in that position a few years ago where it's it's just one of the most stressful three hours of your life. It feels like it's never going to end. It feels like it's all going to come apart at any moment.
6: Daniel Suarez is one of the drivers who could take advantage of a Wallace mistake and point his way in. But the Monterey, Mexico driver says all he can do is focus on the things that are in his control. In reality, I have to control what I can control. You know, I can only control one race car, and that's the 99, and, and the rest of the, of the guys... I wish him luck. You know, I'm not the kind of driver that wishes something bad to happen. So I'm gonna control what I can control and uh, and do it the best I can uh, because I know in Daytona that. You know, anything can happen. Somebody else can make a mistake in front of me, and that's it. So those are things that, unfortunately, I can't control. But um, there is a lot of things that I can control this weekend, and and I will try my best to, to put ourselves in a very good spot. To illustrate just how wide open this race is in terms of drivers who could win their way into the playoffs, you can just look at last year's playoff field. There are six 2022 playoff drivers that are currently outside looking in as well as five former winners at Daytona. The two biggest names that are in must-win situations are both from Hendrick Motorsports. Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman both find themselves on the outside looking in after both missed multiple races due to injury. On the other side of the coin at HMS is William Byron. Byron is in the midst of a breakout season and has a series-high five victories. Byron, who won this race in its first year as the regular season finale, says he plans to be as aggressive as possible
4: Saturday night and will help his teammates in any way he can. Yeah, I mean, just try to help those guys as much as we can. You know, Super Speedways is really the, the place that we can help the most. You know, all the I got a few questions about it. And all the other tracks are, it's tough to, to help, you know, unless you're just really equal and battling it out. Super Speedways is a chance everyone, you know, is, is really close there. So hopefully we can push those guys when we when we need to. And, you know, I, I intend on being aggressive there and, you know, just make sure all my belts are tight and make sure we're uh, ready to go. Another 2022 play playoff
6: driver that faces a winner go home scenario at Daytona is Chase Briscoe. After advancing to the round of eight last year, 2023 has been a struggle for Briscoe and his Stuart Haas racing team. That being said, a win at the World Center of Racing could change everything. To do that, Briscoe says he first needs to get to the finish of what he thinks will be the most exciting cutoff race in the history of the sport. I think you got to get to the end. I mean, we saw
14: that last year with Austin. You know, just there was only like 10 or 12 cars even on the racetrack. And if you can miss the big wreck at the end because the desperation is going to be so high, you can kind of sneak away with one. And you know, truthfully, I think this year is going to be the most chaotic One, just because you have so many good cars that are going to be in desperation mode. You know, you look at the 48, the 99, the the 9... There's just a ton of really, really good cars that are going to have to win, probably, to to get in. So it's going to be one of the most exciting cutoff race I think we've ever had in the history of the sport because there's definitely going to be a lot of, I feel like, really, really aggressive moves and just guys that are going to be on the rev limiter when it comes to the aggressive meter.
6: Beyond Briscoe, Elliott, and Bowman, there are numerous wild cards that could step up and shock the world. One of those is Justin Haley. Haley is a past winner at Daytona in both the Xfinity and Cup Series. Even with that past Daytona victory lane experience, Haley's confidence level isn't too high this year, but thinks he could enter the picture if we get the chaos that this race has been known for over the years. Super Speedway racing is tough now, especially with
11: the manufacturer support side of it, which I don't know if I'll... Get a lot of help with, so yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I feel like, you know, to, to win a speedway now, you got to be good on and off pit road, and you got to have probably four other cars that are committed to you. So that's just based off of them all going green flag pretty recently. So yeah, I, I feel like it'll probably be a struggle just trying to get help. But I mean, if it comes down to uh, to
6: some green white checkers, it's probably our best. Best bet. While Haley's confidence level isn't through the roof, another driver that is in a do or die situation believes this might be the best chance he's had at winning a race in the Cup Series. And that driver is Wood Brothers Racing's Harrison Burton.
14: Honestly, in general, like my whole Cup career, I've only had two legit chances to win. It was this year's 500 where, you know, leading with, I think, 12 to 13 to go. I mean, I kind of grows that as a legit chance to win that race and kind of got Tinkong balled out of the lead. But, you know, I think that's a legit chance he could have had to win. And then Darlington, his last few restarts, you know, all the chaos going on there, I thought I had a legit chance to win. Those two, I feel like, are good races for us. Obviously, Darlington's in the playoffs, so... That's too late. But, you know, I think Daytona's obviously won anyone to win in. And seen definitely crazy. Daytona Daytona 500, yes. And then the last race trying to get in, it's always chaos. So trying to navigate that and understand that it's going to be a lot of other guys that are in the same boat. But, yeah, I see it as a legit feasible chance. If I didn't, I probably wouldn't show up. You know, I feel like... It's part of what makes race car drivers tick is kind of self-belief.
6: A driver who might be able to help Burton pull off such an upset win is Ford teammate Ryan Blaney. Blaney won this race in August of 2021 and knows that handling comes into play in the Daytona summer race more than any other super speedway event, according to Blaney. That factor might help a third line develop better than it has in other recent Daytona or Talladega events.
13: I feel like really the only time you saw the third lane at Talladega is when the leaders were saving gas. Leaders are lifting, guys jumping the third lane who aren't lifting, and they can kind of compete. You know, I feel like when the inside of middle lane decided to go and stop saving gas, that third lane just kind of disappeared. I hope that's not the case. Hopefully, you know, you get some three-wide racing to where you can make some moves and get up the middle. And Daytona race, is always it's more handling at Daytona than Talladega for sure. Especially in the summer race, so hopefully it gets to be where guys are, you know, really having their hands full, and then you get to third lane. You know, if you got guys on the bottom lifting off a of four because it's your, your car is not handling good, then the third lane can kind of keep momentum. So hopefully that uh, that happens.
6: Will Bubba Wallace do what needs to be done and secure a playoff berth for the first time in his career? Can Chase Elliott win and avoid missing the playoffs for the first time in his NASCAR Cup Series career? Or could a wild card like Burton pull off an upset in a car that has been known to do just that at this very racetrack? The only thing that is certain is the 2023 Coke Zero 400 will mark another exciting chapter in the legendary history of Daytona International Speedway.
5: That Daytona preview was brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Wheel and Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, Wisconsin native Ty Majeski will join us to preview the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series return to the Milwaukee Mile and his hot start to the 2023 playoffs.
2: This is it. We've
0: got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
8: Welcome
5: back to NASCAR Live. Ty Majeski is off to a hot start in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series playoffs. This week, the series makes its return to the Milwaukee Mile for the first time since 2009. Ty is one of the few drivers who has experience racing on that track. He grew up competing in late models throughout the region. Our Chris Wilner caught up with the driver to preview this weekend's action.
12: Last year in the playoffs, I thought brought out the best of you and your team. Obviously, the run you guys went on in those last seven races. Do you feel like the confidence now as we approach another seven race stretch to the end of the year? You guys have that confidence, especially some of the tracks coming up, like you mentioned. uh, Milwaukee uh, is one of them, but obviously
13: Bristol and Homestead as well. I feel good about it. Uh, The 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 way the playoffs are, the way the scheduling is, and where we go. Fits really well with our 98 team at ThorSport. Uh, the short tracks have always been a strong suit for Joe and I, um, but the intermediates we go to Kansas and, and and Homestead probably are our best two intermediate tracks. So just excited to uh, to continue this playoff run and and uh, you know I feel really good about where our race team is at. We have a really good um, really good speed right now. Our team is uh, is meshing well together and um, there's no reason why we can't make another run like we did last year.
12: Let's talk about Milwaukee. As a Wisconsin native, just how big is it to have this back on the schedule uh, for the Truck Series? Obviously, running the late model there, you know, last couple of years, but to have NASCAR National Series back at the Milwaukee Mile, I mean, how special
13: is it for somebody that's grown up around the area? It's 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 great. It really is. Um, not only the the all the history at the Milwaukee Mile, but um, just the the fact that Wisconsin is such a honey hole for short track racing, um, and. The atmosphere is going to be electric there. Um, going to be a you know we're going to have a lot of friends, family in the stands um, that have supported me from my late model days, go kart days um, that were big big parts of me getting to this point. So to be able to you know give them the opportunity to go to a race that's local and to share some of what they were part of creating in, in my career uh, is pretty special. So. That would be uh, definitely, if we were able to, to go to Milwaukee and win that race, that'd be a, a really cool win for, for my team.
12: What makes that place so special? Obviously, somebody who's been on the racetrack, and you're going to have probably the most experience of anybody when we go there, but what makes that place unique? How do you attack that racetrack, and will it be different, I guess, in a truck than it is a, a late model?
13: It, it'll be a lot different than a, than a late model, for sure. Just, uh, just give them the specs of the race vehicle, just how heavy they are, and um you know, just a lot of differences, obviously, in them. So, you know, you can take a little uh, a few nuances from the racetrack and how it races and how it progresses um, throughout the day, but generally speaking, it's going to be a lot different. So um, excited for that challenge. You know, Milwaukee's a a very flat racetrack. I expect uh, the groove to be actually pretty high. Um, I think we're all going to sort of run above that darker pavement. Um, We're just going to be searching for the light pavement. That's where the grip is at. So Um, it'll be interesting uh, for sure Uh, you know we've seen ARCA races there um, but they only have you know seven or eight cars that are running competitively in the pack Um, so now you put you know 36 trucks out there uh, it's going to be a lot different so excited for the challenge um, but it's nice to finally go to a place that maybe i have an advantage at over everybody else so i've been my whole career has not been that way so i'm excited to to go home let's talk about bristol and homestead
12: obviously winning those races last year so there's a lot of tracks in this early part of the playoffs that i feel suit you guys really well so how important is it to capitalize where you're not those guys
13: facing the win or go home situation when we get to those cutoff races yeah, you know, the biggest the biggest part of the, the round of eight is Talladega, of course. So yeah. last year, we were able to go to Bristol and win. Um, being realistic, you know, we obviously we're going there with a good chance to win, and I get that. But there's only going to be one winner, right? So you're going to have, uh, assuming that winner is a playoff guy, you're going to have seven others uh, going into Talladega and Homestead, uh, you know, Nervous because anytime you go to, to Talladega and not locked into Phoenix, you're going to be nervous. So um, we just need to hopefully try and win the race. But if we can't, we need to collect as many stage points as we can, um, and and hopefully we put ourselves in position to point our way in come homestead Um, but if for some reason uh, we feel like we're in a must win situation, I feel good about our chances too. Um, Obviously had a really good homestead last year. Um, Excited to go back there. Gonna just try and replicate that setup as much as we can and Try to do the same thing. Finally, uh, I know amidst all this with the playoff
12: runs and stuff like that, this year you've run a lot more so, uh, late model races uh, with ASA or, or different series, different tracks. How important is it for you to keep doing that? Right, keep behind the wheel of the seat, keep that experience. What no matter what you're driving is, does that help you throughout the course of the year?
13: Yeah, sure. I, you know, I think anytime you go to the racetrack, whether you're in a late model or a go kart, it doesn't matter. You you can always learn something, good or bad. And I think, you know, for myself. You know, There's parts of the truck schedule, especially now this back half of the season, that are very spread out. And to be able to stay in the seat and uh, just, to, you know, and it's not only staying in the seat, it's keeping your confidence up, right? Going to these racetracks tracks, winning races um, just helps, right? It helps your attitude and, and momentum going into uh, the Truck Series playoffs. So... Um, it all helps you always learn something good or bad and um, i'm happy that that duke supports it 100% i have a great great team owner in duke and Ronda thorson and allowed me to go and run those late model races and and it's fun
5: thank you chris coming up we'll relive one of the most iconic moments in nascar history
8: this is nascar live now back to mike bagley Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Before we wrap things up for this
5: week, we thought we'd take you back to 2001 and revisit one of the most emotional moments in this sports history.
3: Jeremy Mayfield challenged by Bobby Labonte
0: for third, and here comes Michael Waltrip. He's part of that mix as well. It took Dale Earnhardt Jr. less than two laps to go from sixth place to the lead. Now the job is to hang on to it. Tony Stewart dogging his back bumper to the inside. Here comes Bobby Labonte. Labonte to the inside will take second place Bobby away. Deboni will pull right up on the back bumper of Dale Earnhardt Jr. and try to make a run for that second position, but he's also got company.
3: Michael Walker now up to third posting the 20. The Tony Stewart machine, that's a call that comes from NASCAR. He went out of bounds, too low, last time across the start-finish line. Now the race for the lead. It's Bobby Labonte putting pressure on Dale Earnhardt Jr. Here's Bobby Labonte's Pontiac, looking down to the inside lane of the racetrack. He's got Michael Waltrip behind him. So Labonte has thoughts of the lead, also has to guard the rear flank. And now Ward Burton is back in the hunt as
0: well. He's charging up to the outside. Michael Waltrip trying to find room down low. He's come from 15th on the restart up to the number three position looking to the inside of Bobby Labonte can't find any room here comes Ward Burton he'll challenge him on the outside Elliot Sadler getting into it Elliott Sadler swings wide in turn number three, but Dale Earnhardt Jr. still has the lead. He's got a one-car link lead out of turn four over Bobby Labonte and
1: Michael Walker. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has fought his way back to the front of the field as he comes down to the line. There will be two laps to go, but Bobby Labonte is there. Michael Waltrip is there as they all head back into turn number one, chasing Earnhardt Jr. Can he pull this one out of the fire? They're back in turn two. We're about to find
3: out. Dale Earnhardt Jr. looks in the rearview mirror, sees Bobby Labonte is the closest threat. Labonte checks behind him, and here comes Michael Waltrip. Elliot Sadler now, a much closer fourth on
0: the super stretch. Waltrip pulls it down to the inside. He wants to challenge Bobby Labonte for the number two position. He's got the whole shot. He's got the drafting help. He's got the spot. He'll go to second. Sadler to third. Rusty Wallace to the bottom. And he's going to take a shot at Dale Earnhardt Jr. Michael Waltrip jumps right in behind the Budweiser Chevrolet. It's, Wa- it's
1: Earnhardt, Waltrip, and Elliott Sadler off turn four. They come down. They will see the white flag when they cross the line this time. Earnhardt Jr. sees the white flag, heads back into turn number one. Michael Waltrip is right behind him. Give a call to Elliott Sadler. He's in this thing right down to the wire. Bobby Labonte and Rusty Wallace. They go to turn one. For one final time, Dale Earnhardt
3: Jr. makes a courageous charge back into turn number two. Bobby Labonte Labonte goes high in the banking from
0: third. Michael Waltrip still holding down. Second down low on the super stretch. Final time to the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Michael Waltrip rolls reverse from the way they ran down the back straightaway on the final lap in February. They go nose to tail. Sadler and body side is your leader, Michael Waltrip is second and the battle is side by side for third but here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. He'll lead off turn four. What
3: a headline this is going to make. Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes back to the Daytona International Speedway leading the pack, coming to the line. He will win the Pepsi 400. Michael Waltrip, his teammate, comes in second. Elliot Sadler with his career best other than his win at Bristol. Finishes in third. Ward Burton fourth and Bobby Labonte is fifth. Amazing. The finish here at Daytona in the Pepsi C400. Let's go to his pit.
7: Oh, I'll tell you, you talk about emotion. Oh, there's a lot of it out here. As a matter of fact, it's hard to get into even Tony Yuris. all these guys. You can hear me in the background. A lot of tears, and a lot of shouting as they head to victory lane.
5: What a night that was under the lights at Daytona International Speedway. You can relive that entire race by subscribing to MRN Classic Races wherever you listen to podcasts. Like to thank Eric Almarola for joining us this week. Also, our thanks to Austin Dillon and Ty Majeski for joining us. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we'd like to thank you for joining us as well. Can't wait to get to Daytona. Hope to see you there. If not, can catch all the action right here on the Motor Racing Network. Until we speak again, friends, so long, everyone.
2: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR 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 Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.